0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we
1: work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I have to tease you just a little bit because I'm hearing about service on the Lancer from you. Yes. And we talk about German car service and I thought that mm-hmm. was expensive. Yes. But after you got done with the um, <clears throat> all the... All the stuff that mm-hmm. the Lancer needed, yeah, yeah, and it was fine to begin with. Theoretically, it, the it, dealer had taken was care of it,
0: right? No, no. The person that, that traded it in clearly had been driving it. There's nothing wrong with it. The, the problem comes in here. I'm, I'm just shocked hearing your uh, and I dollar will share, amounts, actually. I will share the dollar amounts. The problem is exists <laughs> here, okay? Everything I did when I researched this car is that the Lancer that I got is the dual clutch, which I'm actually really enjoying. It's, I'm it's glad a totally to hear that. new thing for my brain. It's why I wanted to buy one. I'm really one. glad. I, I'm, tap- I'm making Welcome the effort. Welcome to dual clutch film. Seriously. I'm making the effort docent to shift guide. it all the time. Sure. I'm sure. making the effort to, to not let it be an auto. It's also not a great auto, but I'm making the effort to just shift it all the time up, down. And it's just a, a new way to just working, think. doing its thing? Absolutely. It's working great. Okay. It's working even better now cuz I got the transmission serviced. I've got 70,000 miles on the car and, and everything I read online is about 30 to 40,000 miles on this transmission you should get it serviced. I have no idea. But the, the last service time records aren't no. there, right? No, but it's 70,000 yeah. miles. Maybe it's never been serviced. I don't know. It seemed like it ran fine when I got Yikes. it, but I just thought I'm going to spend the money. I think so. Talk about spending the money. Because I, I'm still in shock over here. Little tiny Mitsubishi makers of the purple mirage. Okay? They make disposable cars at this point. This is what I really want to to, to drive home to you, the listener. At the moment, Mitsubishi's lineup is disposable automobiles. Drive it, it breaks, you put it into a ball, you get a new one. This is what they make. But not in the era of the Evo Ten, where they had this dual clutch and a bunch of other tech that apparently has vanished into the four corners of Mitsubishi. I don't know. It's like vanished like dust. Right. They don't exist. Everything I read was this transmission needs to be well-serviced, and it has a, like, do not deviate. You must get this transmission fluid fluid. So, I went okay. to our local guys, okay? Cox yeah. Auto here, yeah. here in Park City. They're fantastic. Yeah, they Tom are Street. great. They, they like us. They, they do all kinds of work for lots of enthusiasts in town. Their stuff is great. So, thank you to Kyle and Ashlyn and those guys. Took it there, and I told them, this is this transmission, mm-hmm. and it's finicky and it needs this stuff. Now, these are the same guys who, when I brought them the Lotus, went, we like a challenge. We'll, we'll, we'll research the heck out of it, we'll take <laughs> it on, okay? Here's an easy to service Japanese reliable exactly. automobile. Here you go. Easy, right? The, uh, the transmission takes two gallons of fluid. Okay, fine, whatever. It's $200 a gallon for the liquid. I want to know what's in this liquid. liquid is $200 a gallon. I mean, I haven't researched and I don't exactly know
1: what's in it, but what on earth? And the uh, what, transmission what on Earth is two hundred dollars a gallon. What fluid? I agree with anywhere, you. Anywhere, yeah, milk, I agree with water, you. oil, coffee. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> name name liquids. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, Find a liquid oil, that is also worth uh, two hundred dollars a gallon. Two hundred dollars a gallon. It's called Diaqueen SST fluid. Yes, it's uh, it better be made of diamonds with that name and that cost. There's some so,
1: alcohol and wine that is not two hundred dollars a gallon.
0: Seriously. Yeah, you have to go into like really expensive dusty bottles of wine to beat this. I so guess that's four hundred dollars in liquid Holy went into cow. my transmission. That was not fun. Also, the TPMS sensors—the car's you know eight years old—those were all going bad, so they sure. so It was sure. an expensive bill, but the one I'm still marveling about <laughs> is four hundred dollars in liquid. But <laughs> but I can now safely say the transmission's been serviced well. I probably won't have to think about it for three or four years. So yay! Didn't you also mention that
1: the filter for said liquid was also one hundred and fifteen dollars? So good yes. news,
0: and it's not even reusable. No, no, it's it's not. It's a disposable filter when you do the transmission service. In fact, to the point that Cox called back to the part supplier and did you say fifteen dollars? They said no, no, one hundred and fifteen, and they were like, "What is this filter?" And they got, it, and it's a plastic filter with a filter in the plastic frame with a filter in it. There's there's not
1: five dollars worth of plastic in the. Oh thing. God, no!
0: Of course not. Is it?
1: Beryllium? But palladium? I, platinum? Exactly. What precious... Exactly, I hear you. ...hard to extract out of the far remote corners but of have, Brazil, out seriously. of the earth by strip mining, is this filter made out agreed, of... Agreed. Agreed. What is the metal? Yes. What, what is it?
0: Yes, what what blood trafficking occurred to get this filter into the U.S.? I'm serious. <laughs> the, this is the kind of thing we're talking about. People died to get this exactly. filter here. It's, it's that kind of oh level of ridiculousness. Oh, but shit. here's the thing. Everything I'd read before I got this car was that this transmission, which is also in the Evo MR is do not put anything else in it. Get the factory parts. Get it done right. Properly service it with their fluids. Otherwise, things go wrong. And I'm all for properly servicing the
1: car, but... Holy cow. But you've got to be kidding. I agree with you. I agree and with you. There have got to be German cars that are cheap to maintain in yes. comparison. Yes, like yes. GTIs. We have a, we have a, Come we on. Have
0: a uh, German car maintenance question coming up <laughs> in the questions in a while. but So maybe I start calling these Lancer lessons because this was the lesson this week. Whoa. Uh, but I've got brand new Michelin Gosh. X ICE uh, three winter tires. I'm oh, are they are. try on? those out. So those okay. are good. Good. And the car's running like a champ, as it should. Transmission's awesome, which it better be. And there you go. Yeah. Well, no ice here in Park City yet,
1: but we are going to talk about a place where there is a lot of ice. Oh, yes. When I sat down and prepared the car debate here, Todd started speaking Norwegian. He was saying things that I didn't understand, and uh, it's because of his living experience there. And so we would enter into this car debate from Joe Christian. He's in Norway, and he writes to us. A, cars are expensive in Norway, and B, oh, yes. I need a new one. Mm-hmm. I'm a long haul truck driver, but he's an enthusiast too. Mm-hmm. And so he writes to us saying, What can we do? He sends us actually a lot of links. Yes. Thank you for so much, Joe. And uh, this is going to be very interesting because he doesn't want Japanese cars, US cars there are too expensive. Mm-hmm. Except for pickup trucks, and I do want to put that into a little bit of perspective because I did a, a tiny bit of research that 's going to be shocking as well okay, and then we have Scott s in St. Louis, Missouri, who is an eye doctor looking for a new ride, mm-hmm. and I think i 've landed on your car with oh, a good. healthy budget of fifty to sixty grand well, i 've got a couple of good ones for him sixty grand for me yeah. I, of course it is I mean, how about sixty grand for everybody oh't I, 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 I end up using up.
0: the Paul limiter as well, but, but, I, but I, th- it happens, I say yeah. free rain free exactly. rain.
1: Okay, so let's jump into Joe Christian's debate here from Norway. And uh, he's talking about this challenge because he is a Volvo enthusiast. He's in mm-hmm. an 04 S80 D5. Yes. He's been looking at a Mercedes and E-Class, Volvo V60s. E-Class,
0: yeah, yeah. XC70s, that kind of thing. 5 Series BMW. I mean, here yeah, we're, yeah. we're talking about, here's the thing. If, if you really break down Joe's email, and Joe, Tucson talk for writing in. But if you really break down his email, okay? By the way, Norway is one of those awesome languages with the umlaut. Look up – if you don't know what an umlaut is when I say it, (laughs) <laughs> they also have like the, the, they have the circle with the dots above it and the circle with the it line. It I mean? cool. exist they look It looks amazing. Yeah. They, I don't know why there isn't a car named with those fun words, mm. those fun letters in it, just because it would be fun. There's no tires. Hopefully, Hakapolitas are popular there, too, as they are in Finland. Well, hopefully. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, Joe, thanks for writing in. Uh, here's the thing. He is a Volvo enthusiast. He's owned a lot of Volvos and liked them. But the key thing to take away from this email is if it's not a Volvo and it's not German, it's not in the discussion here. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Yeah. So he's one of the other things he said that was very interesting is he made the comment where he said he got in a C class and found that he didn't fit very well. His shoulders are rubbing against the B pillar. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he actually sent us a list of a lot of local cars that he could possibly get. One of them is a C class. I'm taking it right off the list because if it's not if it's not comfortable just in you sitting in it, I don't think it needs to be in consideration here. A little bit of background here about cars and.
1: The reason they're so expensive in Norway, and that Mm -hmm. is because, well, first of all, oil and gas production is a major source of the country's revenue. Absolutely. Ironically, and this could change, it's fluctuated a little bit, something like 37 to 40% of new car sales are electric cars Mm -hmm. because of a few things. There's there's, uh, reduced taxes. As a matter of fact, usually so because cars there are taxed according to the weight of the car and the size of the engine. So therefore, mm-hmm. the larger and more powerful that we go, the higher your fees mm-hmm. and you have to pay 100 percent in some cases, 100 percent of the cost of the car in additional
0: taxes and other costs. Yep. Holy moly. And those taxes are waived for electric cars, which is one of the reasons Tesla has been incredibly successful in Norway to the point that they have often outsold every other car. It's been, for Tesla, the most successful country as far as per capita. However, the flip side is people are waiting six months or more to get their Teslas serviced Mm. in Norway. Mm. All right, so if you buy an electric car... You don't have to pay the
1: registration tax or the value-added tax, mm-hmm. and then you've got the toll roads that are free to you. You don't pay that, and you can also have free parking, which is pretty cool, and this is all because of the high revenues from mm-hmm. oil and gas production, as I mentioned. I just want to put this in perspective. In March 2018, yeah. 14,401 new cars were registered in Norway. Okay. Sounds yeah. pretty healthy, For right? sure, for sure. I'm quoting a Ford spokesman. You mentioned trucks, Joe, here, and you've had a few pickup trucks kelly felker from ford in the same time frame earlier in 2018 said that they build one ford f-150 every 52 seconds wow just let that filter in and then i decided to not actually do the math and figure out how many f-150s are produced in one month just round round it up to one a minute yeah. The, yeah, and they were One proud that minute. it's not, you know, a minute's too long. No, this yeah, yeah. is 52 seconds. A Ford F-150 yeah. comes shooting out of the pipeline. <laughs> I think it fired gets aimed out of at the, Texas.
0: Fired out of the pickup dispenser. <laughs> it is. Into the waiting world.
1: <laughs> Mostly at Texas, yeah, some at probably. Utah, a lot of California, too. Mm-hmm. The market there is very important, as you said, because of the Tesla and electric car ownership and because mm-hmm. a lot of companies mm-hmm. looking at Norway and going, wow, there's such a market here for you know the e-golf the leaf the kia soul electric yeah. all these electric yeah, yeah. Al- you know alternative vehicles here that interestingly is nowhere on joe's list of cars he wants to buy he doesn't want to pick up that's true yeah well not only does he not want, a pickup, want to pick up but he doesn't it. want an electric car he true. never mentions. this true you're right you're right so it's going to keep the cost fairly high it obviously got to be used and mm-hmm. he's looking at something with power 2013 is going to be the oldest that he wants us to go mm-hmm. And he's had a lot of Volvos. This 88 360 GL, 91 850 GLT. Wow. A 98 V702, uh, V70. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, a 2004 S80. There's been Volvos. Yeah. Lots of Volvos. Been quite a few Volvos, yeah. He had an 80 Volvo 262 Bertone Coupe. Mm-hmm. Really
0: cool. Yeah, for sure.
1: And uh, what else? Oh, he's got an 86 Corvette. Convertible as a hobby car. Kind of cool. Yep. I think he's still got the Bertoni Coupe as well. All right, so he's looking for a wagon or sedan, comfortable, decent handling, not older than 2013, as I mentioned, not yeah. under 170 horsepower. But he said, don't worry about Volvo because they can be optimized with Polestar bits. Okay. Kind of interesting, yeah. which does lead me to a, a comment that I want to make, Joe. Uh, and then he doesn't want Japanese cars. He says they feel a little cheap to me. Yeah. Where did you go
0: here? Well, I do what have you to at? say... Joe, I, I am surprised that Tesla's not mentioned. Yeah, because with everything we described here—big sedans, yeah. possibly wagons—because of the discounts in Norway. Now, I don't even know if there's a used market for Teslas in Norway. I really don't know if there is. And like I said before, people are waiting the better part of six months to get them serviced. Do you think so that you might not want one? Part of the reason that he's not even mentioning that. Maybe, but I was surprised it's not mentioned at all. I stayed in. I I, I follow the rules. I stayed in. Large German sedans that can also come in wagon, but I have a, a kind of a wild card in the midst of that. Okay. First off, I think the the C class is out. You already said you don't fit. Let's not keep it on the list. You sent us multiple links. By the way, I, I should mention this. You've told us you have three hundred and eighty thousand kroner. That just so you know is about forty five thousand dollars. Pretty healthy so, budget. Okay, decent. And you sent us a link to essentially the Norwegian equivalent of like an auto trader. And you sent us lots of links of wagons. And it instantly went, okay, you really are a leaning wagon. Mm-hmm, yeah. Very clear from the that. listing. Lots of E-class and
1: BMW 5 yeah. Series wagons
0: in but there. But the C-class is out. You had a C-class in there. It's out. I don't want you in another Volvo. Nothing against them. You clearly like them. They obviously work. But you've had so much Volvo experience. Let's do something different. Now, brace yourself for different maintenance costs. I mean, it's not a Lancer with a dual clutch. But brace yourself for different maintenance costs because you went German car. Okay? Mm -hmm. Sure. But okay. All right. One of the ones you had on your list that I think is a great one is the 5-series wagon. I, I just like those. Those are just cool. They are cool. They, they look cool. cool. They drive well. 5-series wagon. You had a link to one that was a diesel. You're coming out of a diesel. Nothing wrong with that at all. I have to also say it. The E-class Mercedes, this is the king of the German wagon. Hmm. It just it just is. Yeah. German wagon E-class done. That yeah. That gets it done. And those come in every flavor you can imagine, from the base one that looks kind of like oh, there's a German wagon, to the AMG monster that destroys everybody and then still carries your stuff. <laughs> I mean, where, where in the where in the sliding yeah. scale can you be? It destroys everyone with four passengers and all your stuff in the back. Yes, exactly. It's like the autobahn cruiser and country killer. Maybe I mean, a trailer
1: it's, snapping in the wind behind
0: it. Possibly, yeah. It, well, the trailer's airborne because you're going so fast. Right. It doesn't even need wheels anymore. Right. Yeah. It's just got little little airfoils. It's awesome. Put an airfoil it's, out it's a there. The floating trailer. It's anyway, the AMG accessory now. <laughs> Fantastic idea. You, you, you mount one of those big Corvette ZR1 wings upside down and your trailer flies oh. behind your E-Class. I, I'm solving problems here. Problems huh. we didn't know existed. No, I like you know. this. Anyway, so there's that. I do think the E-Class is a great one. I have kind of a wild card for you, though. A wild card because I didn't find them in Norway, and it led me to, to, to ask a question. Is, what's wrong, and, I, and I'm asking you, Joe, what's wrong with buying a car— from somewhere else and taking it into Norway, what are the cost repercussions of that reality? Because if there they're charging might be you, some I'm we, sure they're having investigated at all. But now. if they're charging you taxes and doubling up uh, extra fees anyway, what's it matter if you brought the car in? Like go shopping in Scotland or something. So something here's my different? thinking: I think what you should take a serious look at is the Audi A7, hmm. Hmm. big sedan with some wagon usability. I think it's better looking than the A6 wagon. They've been out a while now, which you can get deals. So here's my wild card idea for you. Go to Germany, my friend, and buy a used A7 in Germany and rock it down the Autobahn, hmm. where it was designed to be. Any of these cars you could do it with, but the A7 I didn't find in Norway, which made me think this. And then drive it back to Norway and enjoy. I like that car. I like that car for
1: you, Joe. I, I mean, I'm wanting you to have a German car experience. And Completely. again, Completely. nothing against Volvo, but I'm going to work my way back to it kind of in a roundabout way. And I did break a rule here by a car that I suggested, but it's a car that we cannot get in mm. the U.S. Mm. And that's the reason I suggested. But I I know that you said Japanese cars feel cheap. Yes. I know this. You did say this. And I like the V70s. I like the 5 Series wagons for mm. you. I like all those. I think the 5 Series, honestly, are going to be a bit of a more enthusiastic driving experience. I would agree with that. Power aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I look at this 2016 Mazda 6 wagon. Mm. Now, good looking car. Interesting car. This is the wagon. It's actually pretty cool looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, all right, it doesn't quite meet the horsepower requirements. It's a Japanese car. It fails in a lot of areas, but Mm. I at least want you to have a little bit of car sorbet to just go Mm, drive mm. it and go experience this. Maybe you already have. Merely a suggestion, just because I'm impressed with the build quality, and I think agreed, agreed. this car feels better than the price indicates. Mazda's Every doing that really time. well right now. Yep. You and I get into yep. Mazda, and we think, these cars feel more expensive than they should. Mm-hmm. How are they doing this? Mm-hmm. And there's other car manufacturers, which is quite the opposite. Tesla is on that list. Yeah. Interiors yeah. do not feel what the car costs. This is true. This Mazda is, true. is the opposite of that, and that's why I encourage you to mm. give another chance just open mind, and mm-hmm. if you still feel that way, that's perfectly fine. Go back to the German cars. Mm-hmm. I agree, because you're going to get that solidity, the the engineering, all that stuff. But the Mazda is there. It mm-hmm. really is. I had a Mazda 6 uh, as a rental car over the summer and just yeah. continually impressed by this thing and had some passengers, and they got in and thought, well, this is nicer than I thought. Yeah. And when you yeah, get yeah. reactions like that from mm-hmm. you know friends, people in the car – that's worth a second opinion. That's I agree. worth a second look. I agree. And it might have been a while since you've been in a proper well-sorted, well-engineered, kind of a luxury Japanese car. Okay.
0: I see where you're I'm going. Just saying. I see where you're going. Okay.
1: I do love the German cars as I said, but looking at your Volvo love mm-hmm. and looking ahead to maybe pulling back and saving money, this by the way, this um this Mazda 6 wagon is 349,000 kroner, so it's 40, okay. 41 somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, yeah. So I'm looking at Polestar, and I'm looking at the future models, the 2 and the 3. They haven't really been announced yet, but I'm looking at this as an interim car. You're Mm -hmm. still enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I do love the A7 suggestion, but then... Kind of for the one after that, Polestar reinventing itself as a brand. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. continually impressed with what they're doing. The Polestar one is, of course, way out of your budget. It's hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. It's a big show. Off limited car. production. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not so the two and the three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's at least what the Polestar brand rep told me. Those might be more geared towards the sus- subscription model, but yeah. maybe not. Yeah. And they're definitely going to be an enthusiast tip of the spear. We're experimenting, but we're still making enthusiast driving cars. They've Mm -hmm. still got this, as you mentioned, Joe, the Polestar, you know, kind of tuning thing going on. But then they're more in the future-looking tech. I'm wondering if you start saving with an eye on those cars. Mm. And if they prove to not be what you expect, well, you'll have a pretty good budget to get something pretty awesome. Yeah. Maybe a Panamera at that point. Mm. But I'm just saying with that in mind, obviously it's never good, and we rail against this, to shop with unannounced models in mind. Problematic. We never do that. Least, yes. But with your love going on with, you know, Polestar, the brand, actually they just announced their Cube headquarters mm-hmm. in Sweden and Gothenburg. I'm just going, all right, <laughs> they're bringing it. They are. And with your passion for it, sure. that might be the good time to jump in. We've got some car sorbet drive a Mazda, drive Mm -hmm. an Audi, drive Mm -hmm. something else for a while, and then your eye on the future when those come out, they might be pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I like that. I know
1: that's a contradictory statement, but it just crossed my mind.
0: You're thinking he might be the good future buyer for it. I totally get that. Kind of thinking. You mentioned the Panamera in passing, and I actually think that'd be a great one for you, Joe, but I don't know if you can pull it off for your budget in the year requirements. I think you're going to be in like a 2011 So if you could find one, and it's viable. And I'm going to go back to what can you get out of Germany. But the reason I landed on the A7 is because A6s are available in Norway. It's the same running gear. It's it's essentially the same. If you can't find an A7 in Norway, go get one in Germany, and then you have a spaceship car. Your A7
1: made me think of the Panamera, but I dismissed it because right now they're too expensive for that budget. I
0: I don't think that the budget converges with the year requirement. I think you can get one for his budget. I don't know that it's going to be possible newer than 2013. Yeah. Yeah, you might have to go earlier, but, you know, just something to think about. I'm I'm I like I like your Mazda thinking because it is it, the thing that you and I talk about a lot here is It's easy, And I say it because you and I have kind of guarded ourselves against it. It's easy to do this. You drive a series of cars from a manufacturer, and that experience is either great or terrible, and you decide all cars are that type of are off the table. It's very easy to do. And it's, yeah, you're right. And and, and you have to, I feel like you have to try to keep revisiting to go, how is this part of the market doing? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and you and I have the luxury of doing that a lot. It's much harder when it's your own money and you're driving one car at a time. But I feel like it's very easy when you're only shopping every three or four or five, ten years to be like, I don't want an American car or I don't want a Japanese car or whatever it is. And I think you have to kind of shop around a bit and be like, what are they doing over here now? Right, right. I mean, it's very easy to be dismissive
1: of American cars are terrible. When was the last time you were in an American car? Yeah, Was it your grandfather's nasty something from the 80s? (laughs) Was it
0: first-gen Ford Tempo? Because you know what?
1: Terrible. (laughs) I mean, we agree, but, yeah, it it all depends on your perspective there. So if you have been in a latest Japanese car and you're still dismissive of it, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, completely. I'm just saying maybe a second look is worthwhile in this case. It might not be. I love the German car thing, but... Don't have to push you very far to recommend a German car. The Mazda 6 wagon we can't get. And I think, just do it to spite everybody and show that you've got something we can't get. How cool is that? All right, Joe. Thank you so much for writing in. We really appreciate it. And please let me know what you end up with. Maybe you already have gotten something. And uh, sure, uh, like I said, appreciate the support. And if you've got your own car debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website, everydaydriver.com. And drop us a line. Let us know what's uh, your car story and a little bit of background details there with your location, the price, mm-hmm. you know, kind of some price things. Is helpful. Some things about the use of the car is going to be helpful. Yeah. Commute, yeah. fun, track, whatever that is. Love hearing your stories. As Please we, write to
0: us. As we go out to the break, I should say something that Joe ended his email with. I don't know if I can do this right, but I'm going try it, Joe. Okay, You listed <laughs> the Norwegian goodbye for friendly regards, and am I getting it right when I say, Venlig Hilsen? How how close am I? Am I close at all? So friendly regards to all of you. Thank you, Joe, for writing in, and we'll be right back. The World Series is just around the corner, and Podcast One Sportsnet is your home for the best coverage around. Listen to expert analysis and rundowns of each game with The Rich Eisen Show, The Dan Patrick Show, Baseball and Chill, and many, many more.
1: Listen to these shows on Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. When you're there downloading, be sure to rate those shows and rate this one too.
0: If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with the term MSRP. You might even know what that stands for, but do you know what it actually means? And how about invoice or list price or dealer price? It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something.
1: Introducing true price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even arrive at the dealership. TrueCar dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your house.
0: How do you know if your true price is a great price because TrueCar shows you what other people paid for the same car you want and your certified dealer knows this so they'll set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car,
1: visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey, we've got to talk about amsoil. You know why we like amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people, they're gearheads, they're into all kinds of power sports and cars,
0: and they get it. Amsoil has created a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing more power out of your engine. You can get your copy for free at amsoil.com driver. Plus, you can learn how the Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than is required by the industry standard. So don't forget, go to amsoil.com
1: slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance
0: with Geico are you the projected increase in organic q3 revenue hooray believe it geico could save you 15
1: percent or more on car insurance scott s is in st louis missouri he's an eye doctor looking for a new ride and mm-hmm. you might think this is a foregone conclusion if you're you know an ophthalmologist optometrist a dentist a doctor
0: silver 911 thanks for writing it scott. anyway
1: moving on to questions just kidding scott He is a 39-year-old optometrist in the St. Louis area who drives a lot of flat and winding two-lane highways. He's looking for the the smiles, Mm -hmm. which is, let's be honest, the entire reason the Hellcat engine was
0: invented. It's the smiles. Well, and it's it's most of the reason that you and I do this, to try to get people into cars that make them smile. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you can also laugh at the absurdity of your own car. We welcome that as well. Look at the things that I own. But at the same time, we want you to just enjoy your driving experience and so we need to shop this way for Scott. All right. So his budget is 50 to 60 grand.
1: I say you take it all because we've got the budget here. Let's, he says the budget is 50 grand.
0: Okay. It. 60 grand for Paul.
1: He wants a car that has a fun feel. He likes to accelerate at stop signs. He likes to get the tail stepping out every now and then. He wants us to throw out a couple ideas, and then he can tell us which is better. That's perfectly fine. He's been looking for a Jaguar F-Type S, but has had trouble finding one that is a convertible, manual, and also a car that he fits in because he's 6'5 and Mm -hmm. 275 pounds. Yep, big guy. We've got to take that into consideration here. And he lists a few usual suspects about, you know, Mustang GT350. You'd have yeah, you want, to, you want to tell me American cars are bad? Let's have you drive the 350R. It's a special car, for sure. He's got a 997 911 on the list. C7 vet That is vet. prior
0: to current gen. That is the mid-2000. Yeah. Just in case you don't speak 911 numbers, we get carried away sometimes. <laughs> that is the 05 to 2012 911, okay?
1: Right, right. Uh, what else? Yeah, the C7 vet, And uh, he's got a Chevy history on here. Mm-hmm. He's had a 1989 Chevy Beretta. (laughs) Scott, I forgot about that word. Uh Uh-huh. Honestly. Well, I I haven't heard that for years. GM
0: got sued by the gun manufacturer. When they released that That's car, right. they ultimately won. But then you notice they didn't make a Gen 2. That's right. I knew a girl in high school that had one, and it was mostly terrible. And I didn't know anything <laughs> about cars because my car, as you may have known from listening to the podcast, my cars were mostly terrible. And I was still aware of her car thinking, this is a new car. It's not any good. You remember yeah. the Geo Storm? I oh, thought that yeah. was so cool. Yeah.
1: I Yeah, dating myself I, a little bit there. I knew
0: a guy in Los Angeles that drove a Geo Metro convertible in blue, like that... Baby blue, oh. Geo Metro convertible. Whenever the top was up, was it was Los Angeles. It was yellowed to the point he couldn't see through it. Oh my gosh It, it ran in spite of him and got him like forty five plus miles to the gallon. And he just drove it. And I kept thinking, okay, I mean, you have a decent job at a film studio, really? Convertible <laughs> Geo Metro? Come on, <laughs> That's man! What you landed on anything else? You could kind of <laughs> go wherever, and it's going to be anyway.
1: If you want a brief history of Geo, they were actually built in the Fremont factory that is now the Tesla factory. As a matter of fact, that factory has built cars since like the late 60s. Mm. A lot of GM cars, but it was the joint venture between General Motors Mm -hmm. and Toyota Manufacturing, and they called it NUMMI. It was a strange acronym there. It was the North American. It was the joint manufacturing company. Venture. And so that's where Geos came out of and no longer they yep. build Teslas in that car factory now.
0: Or outside the car factory. As, as or in, in a tent in the yep. parking lot, and they
1: just spray them out there while they're... It'll know. be fine. It'll be fine. All right. <laughs> Don't look over here. Look over there at the Rockets. That's right. It's going right. to be great. <laughs> just shield this with an umbrella. Just mask it off here. Anyway, 1996 Monte Carlo. He said this was pretty good.
0: Defined pretty good. I remember those. They were they were they were better looking than they were to drive. They were front wheel drive. Yeah. But yeah. okay, yeah, go on. 05 Lincoln LS, that was
1: the fun car. Or was a fun car. He had a twenty ten Maxima four door sports car. Why did they abandon that moniker? Because they quit making it a fun four door sports car. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And a 2011 BMW 335i, which was his best driver, he said, but it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And then a few F-150s through the years. As we heard
0: already, there's a dispenser. So everybody in Texas and and the South has had one at some point. 52 seconds. Yep. It shoots out of the nozzle, the F-150 nozzle. (laughs) We're spraying the country with (laughs) F-150s. They do.
1: Look out. Hey, Grandma, duck, F-150 coming in. F-150s flying in. All right, so he's looking for a few ideas. I've got two here. One is very viable. One is questionable, I think. But they're going to fit the whole launch from a stop sign. By the way, Scott, I do want to mention that right now, whatever car we decide for you, you're going to have to pay to play. Mm -hmm. So decide, in addition to the car funds, Mm. set aside a little nest egg for... The speeding tickets that you are going to get, the just tickets and the tires, get yep. ready for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, embrace just, it. You're pay to play. That's yep. maintenance. It's speeding <laughs> it's maintenance. tickets. Speeding
0: tickets are now in the maintenance. Mostly I tickets. I like that.
1: I really do like that. It's, it's tires, cool. as you said. It's just yeah, mm-hmm. all in this little kitty cash mm-hmm. pile over here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you have a second checking account, you know, and that's just the you feed that. It's the
0: car fund.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. there you go. Because it's going to happen. You know, you're going to get pulled over. It's, it's happening. It's coming
0: your way, if it hasn't already. All right, so where'd you land on uh, some cars for Scott? Well, let's see. Again, his four that he listed, GT350, love it. Uh, two generations, almost two generations back, full generation back of 911. Mm-hmm. That's C7 Corvette, which you know from listening to us, we really, really like. And he wishes he could get that F-Type. Now, I'm going to back your play on the F-Type. Fantastic car. I'm sorry you can't find that spec. I'm not surprised you're having trouble finding that spec because – They they have the manuals, but they're not that common. And it seems like most of the manuals wound up in coupes. So the fact that you're having trouble finding a convertible does not surprise me. I say keep looking. I want to speak to the 911, and then I have two you didn't list. Oh, Okay. On the 911, you said you'd kind of like a convertible. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say go 997 Targa. That's the play. Ooh. We just met Olin. Out yeah. at the shop in Seattle, and he had a black, a gorgeous black one. I am not. Uh, look, go ahead and throw stones at me. That's fine. It's the it's the radio. I can't feel them. I don't like the traditional Targa's from Porsche. I don't like them. I've never liked them. I you think. mean from the eighties back yes. in the day? The one that everybody thinks of when you think Targa with the roll hoop. I, I've never. It's mm-hmm. never been a design I was attracted to. And now they've done the nostalgia version. Yeah, we can make it again. Don't do that. The Targa <laughs> from the nine nine seven generation is awesome. It actually has a liftable back rear hatch glass. It's got the wide turbo hips on it. Yeah. It's a fantastic generation of the 911. And you can get the convertible option without it being a convertible. It's a good point. So I think 997 Target if you're going to shop 911. That's my thought there. Hmm. You didn't mention the Boxster, and my question is why? Maybe this he is can't a fit? little convertible that fits most people. I mean, 6'5", 275. I know, but, but that seems to be, I mean, chance is every bit as big as we are, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody I know that's been a big guy fits in the Boxster. The Miata yeah. becomes a clown car, but the Boxster seems to fit a lot of big people. So try, have you tried, let me put it this way, try on a Boxster. <laughs> it's like putting on a pair of pants. Seriously, seriously, one leg at a time, go easy. It's going to be fine. <laughs> wow. but, but here's the thing. Give a Boxster a try because I think it might be, because you're looking for the fun car. Yeah, And uh. I think it is the less precious, just-get-one-and-enjoy car of the Porsche lineup. Sure, So, sure. Boxster. But then I landed on something that is kind of a wild card, but I, I actually love it. Okay. You can't find your F-Type. I'll do you one better. Go ahead, take your 60 grand, find yourself a convertible, manual, Aston Martin Vantage, and enjoy your life. You're going there, huh? Aston...
1: Hi, Doctor Rocking the
0: Aston? He's he's shopping for fun. I can see okay? that. I, I can see that. I get the sense that if this car doesn't work today, it's not the end of the world. You want it to work. I'm not saying buy it because it's going to break down. But I'm just saying the Aston is is a car that I know the guys that own them have to maintain them. You do okay. So some people I know that own yeah. them, they just run. They just run. Every, other other people I know, they're just like, yeah, this happened this week. So I will admit that about the Vantage, but it's gorgeous. I submit to you that the F Type is being the cheap it is set out to be the cheaper Aston Martin Vantage. Yeah. So just go yeah, for the I Vantage. Sounds luscious. They're amazing. I, I Sound can see great. That. Look great. They've mm-hmm. been out long enough now. You can get one for your budget. That's the better convertible. Rock that! All right, I'm liking this. You know,
1: Scott, you mentioned a C7 vet, mm-hmm. which I really liked, and I don't want you just to have a C7. I want you to have a 2017 C7 Z06. I found for sixty grand. Seriously, manual. It's got that removable top as well. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. It depends on who spec'd it, what kind of top it comes with. Wait, you found one for sixty grand? I did. I found multiple for sixty thousand dollars.
0: I, I—that's not good news for me. Yeah. I, I want that car already more than I should. It's, it's sixty grand, it's out of my reach. But bad enough that I make th- horrible thoughts and decisions. Yeah,
1: sixteen thousand miles. Wow. Seven speed manual. 650 horsepower mm-hmm. and torque you want you know to really earn those speeding tickets yes buy this car
0: honestly it is a laugh riot you could simultaneously leave that stoplight sideways while leaving figure 11s figure that out just 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 yeah there's the di- my, my ophthalmologist left he just left there he went <laughs> optometrist yep there he's out I, the door i'm i'm
1: really wondering about this car for you because we notice that we're pretty comfortable it's a It's not a huge car, but it's a big car. Mm -hmm. It's a big sports car, but it's going to fit you just fine. And the power of this car, I think you're going to wonder where was this power missing in your life. You're going to wonder why you hadn't discovered this kind of power yet. I
0: think you're going to wonder why somebody allowed you to put license plates on it. (laughs) I think that's what you're going to wonder.
1: Every time we got in this car, it's a laugh riot. We cannot believe this car does what it does. You have to deliberately try hard. You have to think the headspace of... I'm going to try to drive the speed limit.
0: I'm going <laughs> to try and fail
1: and then you'll probably fail. Yeah. But I'm going to try
0: every time you leave the stoplight. Remember the owner of the Z six, sorry, sorry, the C six, uh, 6 we had for the Corvette film. Yeah. yeah. He dwarfed both you and I, and he fit in his C six just fine. And he got in the C seven. a Great well. point. Sam. Yes. Yeah. He was large. Sam is no, no. Sam is huge. <laughs> and, and, and to Sam's credit, please don't misunderstand me. Sam, Sam is not a fat guy. No, he's just Sam tall is just and enormous. He's yeah. like, what you picture when you think of what the Vikings must look like, that's our friend Sam. <laughs> okay? And he climbs out of the C6 like it's no big deal. And he got in the C7 like it was no big deal. Vikings and he is one bed. of those rare people like that when I stand by him, I think, I'm a small person. <laughs> right. He's in the C6. You're right. He fits just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about this car for you, Scott. You've got to at least experience this, and for now sure, that they're sixty grand, sure. the Z06 for that. Are that you is, kidding me? That may be one of the best performance buys out there right now. If you're really finding them for sixty, that's shocking. I was amazed that you can have them
1: for that. I went hunting, and I thought this is a very out there alternative, and it's not a car we recommend ever. Okay, <laughs> really. It is a 2015 Nissan GTR Premium for sixty. Ooh. No, I take that back. Sixty-five. It was like sixty-four nines okay. somewhere in there. What year? Twenty-fifteen. Oh, good. Oh, wow. So it okay. has all the upgrades. Okay, everything right. new about it. This not one a had yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a convertible, not a manual. Mm-hmm. It's got lots of power. You're in wild card territory, but there might be something there. Thirty-nine thousand miles. It's gray. Obviously, the all-wheel drive. Yeah, sixty-four nine. Hmm. But holy cow! That's a lot of car. For you're that into too. a Nissan GTR. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to punch it at a stoplight? You're gonna have to do work on yourself somehow. You're gonna need an eye exam after you're, you're that. Gonna, you're gonna to drag
0: people with you out of the light. Yeah, for I sure. think it
1: compresses your eyeballs. I think it actually changes shape possibly under acceleration, and, and your vision blurs <laughs> in this car. you are making eye doctor jokes. <laughs> Look out! I had to come eject, up with something. Eject! 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 Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully that helps, Scott. We're really interested if, uh, like I said, you haven't already bought something yet. We're curious as to what you get. You've got to, yeah, power, eyeball-squishing power. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> bring it. All right, we've got to jump to questions because we got a ton of them, and I'm jumping in with Stephen S.'s question about the BMW X7 that has been recently released. He's asking, have they finally jumped the shark? And I think by that you mean size, and not everybody is calling it pretty. Well, let's put it that way. This is their huge, brand-new SUV that they are desperate to capture market share. By the way, Audi's going to do the same thing. Everybody's thinking huge SUVs. You thought Mm -hmm. that era of big SUVs was over? No, no. We're embarking on a brand-new era of ugly. Even more. Well.
0: (laughs) The new era of ugly. I I like that. that.
1: Yeah. I say that because the grill is rather overemphasized. But this is a big truck. Well, yeah, BMW builds a truck pretty much. Mm -hmm. But I will be honest, I like the interior, and I like the tailgate because it's an actual flip-down tailgate Mm. with a hatch.
0: Sure, sure. I'm thrilled by this. Well, it kind of is. Yeah, nobody does it but them, and now somebody else is doing it, which is good. It it, it is cool. I love
1: that they bring—it's a a short section, Mm -hmm. folds down so you can sit there, and you Mm -hmm. can actually tailgate. It's not just hatch opening and closing. Yeah. And then the hatch, of course, above that. So, it's yeah, it's rangy. It's— you know all those kinds of things, so I'm I'm kind of digging that feature. Do I want one? No, no. But they're going to sell a lot of them.
0: You know it's they are. Literally, the the, the front grill is. T- two Trojan men holding shields it's just massive <laughs> they're going to sell a ton of them it's yeah. going to be the BMW
1: X7 cannon and spray these huge SUVs at the North American market
0: if you, if you didn't it's get coming. an F-150 you can get an X7 because we're going to make a lot can of can you them. imagine one of those at high speed on the Autobahn no I, I'm terrified mm-hmm. actually yep. but, but at the same time you know, it's going to be one of those things where if 50 people buy them uh, BMW will consider it a success <laughs> and Great. they'll try to make let me think hang on they'll make an X8 which will oh, be the man. X7 with a, a sloped back that starts halfway through the second row. So the third row is now only good for your dog in oh. spite of having a seat. And the second row isn't good for people over five, six, and it's still the size of a limo. This is what's coming for the X8. I'm just BMW, saying. Are you listening? We're giving you you think, gold here. You think they jumped the shark at the X7. Wait, wait. <laughs> There's an X8 that's bound to be in somebody's idea somewhere. I like the
1: styling cues. It's just the execution of a thing <laughs> that big to make it look good.
0: It's not the easiest thing. Good ideas, not dud like that. See Rolls Royce Cullinan. Oh wow, yeah, you won't you won't unsee it. That's for sure. <laughs> all right, what else did you find? Uh, J P Dumphy says okay. Golf R, Focus RS, Civic Type R. Mm. They all have different adaptable suspensions. Do we have a favorite? Who does it best? What do we think? This is an interesting headspace to kind of put myself back in. But I will say this to you: a couple surprising things. You may have seen our uh, RS Civic Type R piece. I want to Mm -hmm. stay there Mm -hmm. real quick. The Focus RS has two settings, uh, stiff and you've got to be kidding me, okay? The track (laughs) setting on the Focus RS is good for no one. I mean, it's really – honestly, it's not even good for the ring, and that is a track, okay? It's good for the nice, smooth racetracks of the world. If you go down anywhere that has undulations or a pothole, the track setting is a joke, the sports, the standard setting is most cars' sports setting. Now, I'm a guy that yeah. likes stiff-riding cars, but still, you've got to be kidding me. So that's the RS. If you're a guy like me, the RS is probably fine to daily, but I still would never put it into track mode because it's not necessary. Sure, sure. The Civic Type R does handle corners better as you crank it up into the more sporty modes. However, the steering feel gets worse the more performance-based you get. Strangely. It's very weird. Yeah. So those are the two that I remember off the top of my head. The Golf R, frankly, it feels softer than both of those two in kind of any setting.
1: I think in a good way, a good
0: sense. In In a usable, let's commute in traffic way, absolutely. Well,
1: in a good sense, the Civic Type R has the most defined and noticeable settings Short of a Magna Ride, short of GM's Magna Ride.
0: Yeah, I mean you could commute in that car and it can just be normal. It's dad's impressive mobile. And then just, by the way, I cranked it harder you and know, got
1: nuts. As you said, the steering feel inexplicably goes
0: <laughs> It gets worse. Yeah, it's really not this, good feel. There's not great steering feel to yeah. begin with, but it's best in the softest setting. Jake Anthony N asks, what do we think of insurance
1: companies using an app to track our driving habits? I'm not up for that, personally. They're welcome to try. This is incompatible (laughs) with the Daily Triple, these apps. (laughs) Incompatible. You cannot... I mean, Mm -hmm. if we're going to be good drivers, they need to trust us, and we need to prove that, too. Yeah. So we're not doing our speeding and launch control and all that kind of stuff where it's going to be, you know... Doing stupid things, and we 're mm-hmm. not in a mustang, leaving cars and coffee on Saturday mornings, but well yeah. the, the trust factor has to be there, and we have to prove it as enthusiasts, we have to continually prove ourselves mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. great drivers and always improving. To say no to that app.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a personal choice thing, obviously, because the reason that they push it is they'll give you an extra discount because they're now tracking. But that can bite you Mm -hmm. because the fact that they're now tracking proves that oh your rate has to go up. And you and I are clearly guys that drive quickly, Mm -hmm. but you and I are also not guys that drive dangerously. And there is a there is a perception in people that are not car enthusiasts in general that fast is always dangerous. And I must say again. Speed is not the dangerous thing. I've seen plenty of people drive very slowly and threaten to take out whole swaths Ag- of the car agreed. going public. Okay? agree. They're causing so the problem. It's, it's about paying attention and driving well isn't necessarily about speed, but, if, but look, if I put a little app in my uh, o- OBD2 port, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then every time I'm speeding, <clears throat> which is a lot, uh, <laughs> you will, you will con- conclude that I am therefore dangerous. Right,
1: right. You don't know. Because you'll just see a stat. You don't know what the weather, the traffic, the road was like. You Mm -hmm. don't know your sight lines, any of that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. For sure. It doesn't relay that information.
0: All right. Uh, Uh, Maurice asked about uh, getting your car chipped. I'm assuming you mean chip-tuned. What are our thoughts on that? How do you separate the the bad ones from the good ones? Maurice, look, there's a couple ways to tackle this. I I haven't done this a lot. I've done it a little bit, but I'm going to say this. In general, I'm going to say with go for the known companies, the places that are known to work on that car and have worked on whatever car, okay? Mm-hmm. Like Cobb mm-hmm. Tuning is the one that's here locally that everybody knows, okay? They've been around forever, mm-hmm. and they've got tunes for just about everything. They've got one for my Lancer, in fact, okay? They've tuned all kinds of stuff. Even if your car, the 86 is a great example, okay? The 86, when it came out, nobody tuned that car before, but a lot of the known tuning names decided to tackle that platform. That's a lot better than that person. The the thing you're buying a chip tune from. They've never done anything else, but they've done that car you have. Oh, oh, oh okay. They want to borrow your car so they can yeah. screw around with the timing. Now, I will say the only right. exception there is if you have some local tuning shop that you can get to do your car. They're not a known name, but they've known to do your cars. They have a history, and they're down the block. Maybe take the risk on them because if something goes wrong, you can go back down the block and knock on the door and go, hi. Maurice, I guarantee you there is a form
1: thread for of sure, good and bad of the car that you have in mind. People have said, oh, my gosh, I tried this, and it was mm-hmm. the best thing mm-hmm. ever. No problems. Go for this. Here's the guy to talk to. Call this number. And then there's just an equal amount of stories saying, I tried this, I yeah. fought it, it's terrible, I've finally given up. Yeah. There's an equal yeah. amount of those stories, too. And so you can find those, like I said, on on form thread. There's any car, there's a chip tune thread somewhere buried on that form. Yeah, not even buried very far, for sure, yeah. James M. asked me on Facebook that if I, I would elaborate on the rear differential options for 2012 to 2014 Boxsters and Caymans... Settle in, everybody. PASM or (laughs) Porsche Active Suspension Management or other electronics try to replace those, and how do they do this? And I'll keep it very short and very simple. It's the PASM, the Active Mm -hmm. Suspension Management, versus Mm -hmm. the LSD. Mm -hmm. Think that LSD is transmitting the maximum amount of engine power to the wheels in any situation and at any steering wheel angle, Mm -hmm. whereas the suspension management just tries to keep the contact patch on the ground. It can't transmit engine power. It can only keep the wheels depending on the, the, I guess, the attitude of the car. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, kind of, you know, hard braking, accelerating, whatever that is. That's what it's trying to do. And then working in conjunction with the LSD, trying to transmit all the engine power mm-hmm. out of it. So think of it as really
0: the mechanicals first and then electronics. It's it's a smart versus a dumb system. Yeah. 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 yeah and that. they work that's together good. like that. Okay. Uh, let's see. This isn't a track daily crush. It's a daily driver weekend track car. Ooh. which would you pick oh. to be those combinations? It needs to be both daily driver and weekend track car. Would you go with the current M3, the F80? Would you go with the Cadillac ATS-V or would you take the Giulia Quadrifoglio Ooh. Mm. M3 Quadrifoglio ATS-V? Are we crushing any of these? We're not. It's just which one would you buy theoretically? It's a little bit of a twist. Which one would you buy theoretically to drive every single day and then also use it on the track? And I'm going to go with the Julia. Are you? Mm-hmm. I'm going BMW. You okay. might have seen that coming, but yeah. I'm going with that M3. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's the dialed in one. I get it. But I think I've, I loved the Julia in traffic. I loved it on back roads. And mm-hmm. I loved it on the track. I would drive that car every single day. They are, they are cool. I have not seen one
1: in a while, and I don't know what the prices are in those these days. I'm wondering if they've come off their $80,000. The used ones have, yeah, yeah. for sure. Kind of sure. interesting. Very intriguing. All right, uh, what else? Uh, Instagram, i36justin, asking us our thoughts on leasing certified used cars. Mm-hmm. He's looking at this option from BMW as an alternative to buying. I say there's really no problems with it if, uh, you know, they're, they've are they got the CPO done and all mm-hmm. the, the check from the dealer. And even if they offer it with a warranty, it'd just be like buying a, a certified used car. Mm-hmm. I see no problem with leasing or buying. Leasing, actually, you're maybe actually even safer in that sense. You might be paying a bit more for it, but if they offer it and everything checks out, I say that car might have come off a lease as a matter of fact where
0: people mm-hmm. are mm-hmm.
1: kind of tiptoeing around their car people tend who lease i think tend to treat their cars a little bit nicer than the rest well they certainly get all the service done they get the, the service done yeah. and they want to turn it back in with you know under the mileage limit yeah. and yeah, yeah. you know no damage whatsoever minimal wear and tear cuz you get dinged for that mm-hmm. so yeah i say uh, if if everything checks out you shouldn't have a problem
0: uh, let's see vess Vesuvius, I, I don't know, that's v- what Vesuvius? I'm trying. Vesuvius? Well, but not really. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, on IG, he asks about, uh, we talk about Porsches, we talk about their long-term reliability, but I've mentioned a lot that what you have to worry about is the 40,000-mile interval service, every mm-hmm. 40,000 mm-hmm. miles. So 40, 80, 120, and on you go. We've done one of these on the Cayenne. I, I don't think you've done one yet on your Cayman. I don't think you're high enough yet. But he's right, saying, right. how expensive are we talking? Because the thing I've, I've said a lot, because it's been our experience with the Cayenne, has been that random stuff doesn't break, but your service intervals are coming and prepare for them. So he's going, how expensive are we talking? Uh, please don't go to your dealer because the prices that I mentioned will double. Um, <laughs> yeah. But th- that service, just so you know, the 40,000-mile service essentially is an involved uh, plugs and all that kind of stuff service. It's all the plugs. It's all. It's essentially an elaborate tune-up, okay? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You've also asked a sub-question, which is, could you do it yourself? Yes, you can do it yourself if you know your way around a car. You can do all the plugs and all the uh, – there's lots of filters that have to be changed and all that kind of stuff. You can do it yourself. There are kits that are available. Based on the cars, like two, between 250 and $500 to buy the everything-you-need-to-change kit, and then you can okay. do it yourself. I have heard, depending on the car, everything between seven, $800 for someone to do it for you in an independent shop to $1,400 or so in an independent shop. The big unknown here is, do you need brakes? Good point. Because if you need brakes, then that number climbs again. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if you've got a dual-clutch transmission that takes f- liquid that costs $200 well, a gallon. yes, but staying with Porsche for a minute, the thing is, a Cayenne weighs 5,000 pounds. I live in the mountains. Guess what? At my 40,000 mile intervals, I need brakes. Yeah. I just yeah. have to accept it's going to be all four corners. Yep, absolutely. All right. There's a question from
1: Peter R. here, Facebook, asking us, where would we be if electric cars continued to develop from the 1900s and it was instead the combustion engine that went away or now kind of being reintroduced? Hey, look, we've invented the combustion engine <laughs> as an alternative to your electric car. And the electric cars boring and everybody has one, right? I would say the art of heel and towing. we would have missed out on this thing that mankind has figured out and the technique. Hmm, That's interesting. And the pleasure that comes from doing it right to rev rev match. That along with engine sound. Hmm. I think that's the biggest one, as a matter of fact, because the sound of a car is half of the love for it, at least. It is for you. you. It's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Large displacement, American V8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. that's mm-hmm. That just rattles you down to your toes. Yeah, Aston sure. Martin V12s, mm-hmm. Ferrari V12s. All those sounds yeah, yeah, are yeah. very much an integral part. Mm. I think more so. If you heard any of your favorite cars or didn't hear them, I should say, would you love them quite as much? That's a flat six, my car. Good question, yeah. I, I mean, I'm all for electric cars, but
0: it's a big part mm. of the car mm. ownership. And why we love cars. I would say think about how much our cities would be different and how much our homes would be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the infrastructure for charging and the, and the way electricity moved around would be totally, completely different than it is currently. Mm-hmm. Okay? You'd be plugging your car in at home every day. There probably be, would have been a much faster development of wireless charging pads. Everything would have power flowing through it. You'd be charging all kinds of crazy ways. We probably would have had cities more like the the old days when you had uh, electric uh Trolleys that were running off oh, sure. overhead electricity. Imagine that technology being adapted for cars would have had totally different cityscapes as a result. It's interesting to ponder it for a second and just see how much it would affect. What was your what would your house look like? Yeah, you and I have a friend here in town who's the CEO of a really large home builder, and yes,
1: I had just kind of started talking to him because he got a Tesla Model S, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him about subscription and ride sharing and that kind of thing, and thinking, you know, how would home building change completely if? infrastructure like that and garages weren't part of the architecture for private homes, for single family homes. And yeah. it, it was fun to hear him elaborate on that. He actually gave a speech on that a few years ago. He, he mentioned
0: how it's all different. Yeah. Well, th- think about this for a second here in Salt Lake. There's an area in Salt Lake that's being reclaimed. It's like, it's called the avenues. It's all the older, older homes in Salt Lake and yeah, right. all stuff built before 1940. Okay. Generally, generally yeah. it is. Yeah. Think about uh, homes built before world war II Generally the car was not a big thing. It's a Holmes great point after World War two is when the garages architecturally, the garages came around front to be a part of the front of the home yeah. Before that. The garage was this, this shed in the back. Yeah, for sure. That's very interesting. All right. So there's a tire question here from
1: Schaefer, Brad Lee asking us on Instagram about the Michelin PS fours and the PSS tires. He feels like they're sticky gummy bears on his Evo 9, (laughs) but he's saying there's a loss of turn-in confidence as he's coming from the Sumitomo HTR Z2s. He said this gave way more turn-in feel. I don't have any experience with Sumitomo tires. Mm -hmm. I have experience with Yokohama, Continental, Bridgestone, Pirelli, those brands. but, But the Sumitomos, I'm wondering if it has to do with Compound. Well, tire wall flex, clearly. Yeah, Yeah. that very much so. And and the compound itself. And it's just so different enough that Mm -hmm. you're feeling maybe it is a bit of a harder compound in a way that, you know, you're still getting maximum grip, but you're just feeling more flex. Maybe you're feeling clearly that on turn in. But again, I don't have the experience with those tires to really say definitively. But yeah, they're they're tiny. They're low profile. Two thirty fives, two forty five.
0: Those, I mean, they're wide, but I, I suspect yeah, that the difference is just that you are feeling a difference in tire wall flex. And clearly, the the PS4s have more. The question you have to figure out is, how much does that bug you? Because it, you're also coming away describing it as if you know the grip is there. It's just the feel is different. Mm-hmm. And it's down to down to how, how stiff the tire wall is. You see that we had
1: a few questions on Twitter over here. And, uh, oh, there was a... Um, Question from Ronald H. here asking about the Camaro. Oh, Said, I saw this. This is great. Every journalist, auto YouTuber, and mm-hmm. us have mm-hmm. complained about the lack of visibility in the Camaro. Yeah. What would we do to correct this issue? <laughs> it has to do with the sketch. They built a sketch.
0: They did. They built a Hot Wheels car sketch. They really did. And
1: then they packaged it. Mm-hmm. And that's why package, and by package, I mean the side view of the car, and you have what's called an Oscar, and that is the 95th percentile man, so the largest by percentile mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. that needs to actually fit in the car.
0: He's you, called Oscar too. That's it, funny. It's called an Oscar. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah.
1: And so you package this and you package the smallest percentage body size, whether it's male or female. So you have these two different body sizes and you package the engine, the drivetrain, mm-hmm. the cargo space, and you, you know, whatever the platform is. And you have this, you know, really package drawing that you mm-hmm. work off of to be able to fit everything in. And then, you know, designers try to, Push on that. Of course they yeah. do. They're course, always yeah. pushing the. Can we drop this a little bit? Can we raise the belt line and make mm-hmm. it? You know, it affects the design, the overall portion look of the car. But they're mail slot windows. They're
0: yeah. they're tiny. It's a bunker. It's a bunker on wheels. It's incredibly fast to drive. It. It is a bunker, and you get used to it but that's absolutely a bunker. I'm going to say this and it's going to seem radical, but honestly what they need to do is start again. <laughs> we've we've done we've done this era where they came out with the, you know, early 2000s they come out with this Camaro that looks like a Transformer and it becomes a Transformer. I mean it actually becomes it actually a Transformer in the movies. Yeah. And now they're refining that shape. We need to go to a complete complete rethink. it's amazing thing. Only- the Mustang is so comfortable by comparison yes 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 and it isn't some monster greenhouse but they've done a much better job but that Camaro by its sheer design it's got those narrow windows and it's got big high hips and the rear deck is really high off the ground I mean really high yeah stand by one at some point and just see how high the top of the trunk lid is compared to your body it's way up there which makes it even worse you're gonna have to start over but the problem is if you start over you're going to a bunch of people are going to be like, that's not the new Camaro. <laughs> that's In, not, invariably you're yeah. going to have to win people exactly. back, which is the reason they are only refining that design that people liked from the early 2000s. They've got a better direction now, but it's still not good. And they're still refining that man. shape. If you're talking about visibility, you have to think like the Acura NSX the original, Uh huh. Uh-huh. where, look at that thing. It, the, the, the visibility in that car is fantastic. They modeled the cockpit after the F-16 fighter, which is like the bubble of bubble cockpits. It is, yeah. Okay? Yeah. But the 911 has got great visibility. The Cayman's got great visibility. A lot of cars, the The FRS has surprisingly good visibility. Yeah, you know? I'd, I'd agree with that. So it, it's, it's interesting, which is a low bar, but, but it, huh. it's interesting. You have to think about it in those terms first, this is a driver's car people need to be able to see and let that influence the design, which was not the case in the current one. I love that uh, everybody's talking design. I love it. We're yeah, for sure. Designing uh, in designing our minds.
1: Well, guys, thank you a million for your questions. We really, really appreciate them. There's more to come. Mm-hmm. We keep talking about it on All Questions Tons Podcast. It's great. All right, guys. Well, we'll end it there for now. Thanks a million. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.
0: Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
1: What's with Janet's fangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? (laughs) LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at
0: GEICO.com.
1: Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something.
0: GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.